Let us pray together. Dear God, without your Holy Spirit, we're like wire without electricity, like a sail without wind, like a kid without breakfast. And so, and so we ask here this morning for a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. So let's imagine this morning, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, 10 days after his ascension, that all of us are on our way to join the 120 followers of Jesus who are gathering together yet again to pray, waiting waiting, waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit, the one whom Jesus has promised. And so we walk through Jerusalem's narrow, cobbled streets, past sleeping dogs, past Roman soldiers and laughing children. And after we enter the room where the disciples and others have gathered, We sit down in that crowded gathering, and Peter, and then then Mary stand up to share stories about Jesus. And then so also does Matthias, who is the new 12th disciple. But here's the thing, all their words feel strangely muted. And then... Thomas, who's always the one among the disciples to say what everybody else is thinking, stands up, clears his throat, and reminds us that, folks, it's been ten days that we've been all waiting around here for God only knows what. And it's at that moment that we suddenly hear a rustling breeze that soon turns into a gale-force wind. Women hold on to their shawls, and men grab hold of their cloaks. Some dozing folks suddenly wake up, and with startled faces and mouths agape and eyebrows raised, tongues of fire suddenly fan out across the room and rest upon every person. The room is suddenly filled with a cacophony of voices. But it's not just mere babble. It's every language of the empire, spoken with fluency and beauty and ease. And then this once listless crowd suddenly erupts in a blur of motion, waving their arms and joyfully dancing. And soon the sound of this whole polyglot hubbub starts drawing a crowd of folks outside, pilgrims who are in Jerusalem. All of them delighted to hear about God's deeds of power in their own native mother tongues. 
And since it's only 9 a.m., it's no wonder that some of the onlookers speculate that these folks have gotten an early start on happy hour. Within the Trinity of God, the Holy Spirit is the midwife who brings to birth new and good things. At the birth of the universe, God's Spirit hovers, hovers over the face of the earth. In Hebrew, the word for spirit is ruach, a feminine word which means breath or wind. And at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit hovers over Jerusalem and brings the church of Jesus Christ to life. She transforms the once terrified disciples of Jesus into a bold new community that is now equipped and energized to go to the ends of the earth to welcome all people of every gender and race and orientation and class into the family of God. And so this past week, I've just been marveling how the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost is this amazing miracle of connectivity. Pentecost is the miracle of the Holy Spirit bringing connection where there once used to only be isolation and alienation and division. The Spirit hopes, helps us always to move toward, 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 rather than away from God and other people. Recently, Craig Dallin told me that this single word, toward, has become a kind of touchstone question in his life. In every situation, he asks... And we can ask with him, am I moving toward God? Am I moving toward others? Or am I moving away from them? Because you see, the Holy Spirit comes to connect us with God. Sometimes with sighs too deep for words. The Spirit comes to connect us with Jesus, reminding us of His words, reminding us of His teachings, and guiding us ever more deeply into His truth. The Spirit comes to connect us with ourselves, saving us from moral and relational disaster. Healing us to become who we really are. And the Spirit comes to connect us with the most unexpected people. 
People we should never be hanging around with. Even strangers. Even enemies. And to see, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the image of God in each and every one of them. Now this past week, I invited you to uh, uh, dip into that Yanni Laurel controversy, if you had the chance to. But then yesterday came Prince Harry and Meghan's wedding. And I got a turn there instead. Because at an event where we all expected everybody to be stiff and frozen, didn't we see the Holy Spirit fill Bishop Curry to connect our whole watching world? with the gospel of Jesus and to experience the fire and the power of God's love. I've watched that three times. I'm going to watch it a fourth time this afternoon. And I can tell you as a preacher, the Spirit came and filled that African-American brother with great courage. You do not stand in that group of people, and nearly knock over the candles. Did you notice that? And preach. And connect people with what is really at the essence of the Gospel, and not all the peripheral things. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it this afternoon. In my email this week, I also invited you to page through the book of Acts and to notice all the amazing connections that are brought about again and again and again by the Holy Spirit. Because in Acts, we see the Holy Spirit on a roll. Chapter 6, connecting Jewish and Greek followers of Jesus. Chapter 8, connecting Philip with an Ethiopian eunuch. Chapter 9, connecting the blinded Saul with the man he was going to go arrest, Ananias. Chapters 10 and 11, connecting Peter with Cornelius. Chapter 16, connecting Paul with Lydia. On and on and on, connecting, 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 joining together. And friends, a key part of my own spiritual journey over the years has been slowly, oh so slowly, learning to notice when the Holy Spirit is texting me. You know what I mean? And not just noticing, but responding. When we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, we find promptings regularly coming our way. Trust me. These texts invariably prompt us to move towards someone, to bridge some gap, to connect with someone else in a new and healing way. Ever gotten one of those texts? 
And friends, there is no greater joy in this life than when we respond and find ourselves connecting with others and participating what God, with what God is doing in our world. This is how the kingdom happens. This is how we participate in the life of God here in this world. By responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit that we are always receiving in our hearts and minds and through others. I first encountered this holy connectivity in China back in the 90s. Soon after our arrival in Beijing, because of my showboating and insensitivity, I managed in the first year to offend both the official in charge of our care and a whole class of dear Chinese college students. And each time, I felt the Holy Spirit texting me to move toward each of them in ways that were completely humbling, believe me, but ultimately that brought healing and restoration to our relationship and frankly saved our ministry at that school. In the same way, three years ago, I started getting texts from the Holy Spirit to go apologize to Keith Weaver. You all know Keith Weaver? Lancaster's Executive Conference Minister for something I'd done. And believe me, my response at first was, no way. Ain't doing it. I mean, our church is in the middle of deciding whether to leave or to stay in the conference that he leads. How on earth am I ever going to make myself so vulnerable and ask for his forgiveness? But we quench the Holy Spirit at great cost. And so I went. And my brother Keith was so very gracious in receiving and forgiving me. Now here's an update. Two years later, which is just a couple months ago, at LMS, at a pastor's breakfast, I walked in the door into a room of pastors, and Keith is sitting there, and the seat next to him is open. And you know what I did? I made a beeline to go sit next to my brother. I never would have done that apart from what the Holy Spirit had done. And when we got together, I can honestly say there was joy in our connecting. It was a beautiful thing. And so, I want all of us to remember That joy, joy, sweet joy, is always a sure sign that the Holy Spirit has been present and active in our lives. And the absence of that joy sometimes can be a sign that we are going away rather than toward God. 
And so I I just want to say to you folks this morning, even now, might the Holy Spirit be texting each of you and inviting you right now, this week, to move towards someone in your life, to connect with them in some new and Spirit-led way. If you uh, look at the back of your bulletin, you can see there the vision statement of our denomination. I've always loved this vision statement because it makes this connection reality so clear. It says that it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit, not our own, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that we may become a church overflowing with joy as God's healing and hope flow back and forth between us and the world. Back and forth between us and the world. So I hope all of us this morning by now are asking, how can we receive the Holy Spirit? Or how can we receive a fuller measure of the Spirit and of the Spirit's joy? And dear dear friends, the simple answer is all we have to do is ask. Right? In Luke 11, 13, Jesus says that God loves nothing more than to give good things to God's children. Nothing more than to pour the Holy Spirit into the hearts of those who ask. So friends, this morning, let's ask and sing together number 349 in our blue hymnal. Spirit of the living God. Marlon will lead us in singing this twice. The first time we'll sing, Fall Afresh on Me. And the second time, fall afresh on us. Amen.